Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is time for this week in Shohei Otani news. Shohei keeps doing it. He keeps making history. He has passed Ichiro. What he's doing since the start of 2021 is absolutely unbelievable and some big things to share with you at the end of this segment as well. But let's start with the history that he has been making and has continued to make over the last week. On Tuesday night last week, he got the win on the mound and hit a home run, which, again, is let's not overlook that. Didn't give up a single run on the mound, pitched six scoreless innings and hit a home run for the first time, might I add, since the 1950s. That hasn't been done. Since 1972 is the exact year. 1972 is the last time that happened. The pitcher was Dave McNally. Six scoreless innings and hit a home run. Hasn't been done since then. Shohei did that. That's not even the history that I want to get to. Shohei Otani last week got his 10th win on the mound and became the only player in the history of baseball since Babe Ruth to have 10 wins on the mound and 10 or more home runs in a single season. It is just the two of them, by the way. So it is just Shohei Otani and Babe Ruth in yet again another category all by them lonesome selves. That's how good Shohei is and continues to be. And if you want to expand on that a little bit, there has never been a player in the history of baseball to have 10 or more wins in a season, 25 or more home runs, and 10 stolen bases in a single season. That is only Shohei Otani. In the long and storied history of this game, Shohei Otani is the only single player to ever do that. But I will just continue whenever possible to compare these two because it's literally his only comparison. You can literally only compare Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth, who many consider to be the greatest baseball player of all time. So Otani now has 119 career home runs and 379 career strikeouts. Just one of two players in MLB history to record 100-plus home runs and 250-plus career pitching strikeouts. Again, only him and Babe Ruth. I I love these stats. I love it because you're literally comparing Shohei Otani to one of the greatest to ever do it. And there's so many stats that compare just the two of them. But on Tuesday, with his 10th win on the mound, Shohei entered himself into that category yet again. He also, over the past week, he hit a home run over the weekend, but he also hit a couple earlier in the week, which passed him. He was tied at the time with Ichiro for most home runs, the second most home runs by a Japanese-born player in the history of Major League Baseball. He has officially passed Ichiro's mark of 117. Now, it took Ichiro 17 seasons to hit 117 home runs. It took Shohei Otani five 
to pass that mark. He's now at 119. He trails only Hideki Matsui, who it took Hideki Matsui seven years to reach that 117 mark, might I add. But he's now just trailing Hideki Matsui, who had 175 home runs in his career. So Shohei Otani is on pace to pass every Japanese-born player in home runs by the year 2024. If he keeps going in this direction, he will pass Matsui and break that all-time record. He just continues, my friends, to make more and more and more history. If you're ever passing a guy named Ichiro in any category, you know you've done something pretty special. And if you're ever tying somebody named Babe Ruth in any category, then you really know you're one of the best baseball players to ever play baseball, period. It's really that simple. So what I want to do now is take a look back to and include last year. So because I've said this many times that the year and a half, now year and a half plus that we've seen of Shohei Otani is the greatest year and a half that we have ever seen in Major League Baseball. So since 2021 to now, this is the greatest stretch of baseball we have ever seen. So enjoy it. Appreciate it, love it, admire it. Let me throw some numbers your way. Since 2021, Shohei Otani has 72 home runs. 72 home runs. 167 RBIs, 37 stolen bases, and 152 walks. Think about those numbers. And you know what I want you to do? Think about those from only a hitter's perspective. 72 home runs in less than two seasons, 167 RBIs, and 37 stolen bases. 242 hits total. That is unbelievable. Now let's look at this from a pitching side. Since the beginning of 2021, he's 19-9 and on the mound, which I would even like to throw wins and losses out of this because the team hasn't been very good. The fact that he is 19 and 9 speaks volumes. 19 and 9, 241 in a third innings pitched, and guess what? His ERA is under 3. A 2.95 ERA with 313 strikeouts in just 241 innings. This is the greatest stretch of baseball that we have ever seen in the history of this game. How can somebody say those two things together and somebody not think that this is the greatest player we've ever seen? Listen to this. Players with 25-plus home runs at the plate and 150-plus strikeouts on the mound in a season. 2022, Shohei Otani. 2021, Shohei Otani. And that is the end of the list. That's it. This is the greatest stretch of baseball ever in history. And that is why I continue to have this segment every single week and will continue to because I still don't believe he is appreciated enough. You know what? It, you know what's a big deal to me? The fact that Shohei is going out and pitching every about six days has been for two years now and is still going out and playing every day. Pitchers' recovery times are not the easiest task in the world. It is an adventure, and it is a full-time job to get ready for your next start. Shohei Otani is going out and playing offense every single day. 
Otani has played in 265 games since the start of 2021. The Angels have played only 276 games. And this year specifically, this year specifically, he has only missed three games. He's played in 112 of 115 days. The best players in the world that only play offense are missing more time than that just for maintenance or just a day off. Shohei Otani isn't taking days off, and he's also pitching every fifth or sixth day. That's why he's so clearly the MVP to me, guys. There's Yes, there's guys that are offensively having better years, even historic years, might I add. And I hope Aaron Judge goes on to break Roger Maris's record. I do. But it doesn't make him the MVP because of what Shohei is doing. We are all blessed to be on this planet while Shohei Otani is playing baseball, says Adam Rank. That's how I feel. He's playing every day, guys, and that's why he's the MVP, because he has an under-3 ERA and 72 home runs since the start of last year. The argument becomes, well, what, if Shohei just continues to do this every year, is he going to be the MVP? The answer is yes. And you know what? If Shohei goes out and has a 4.5 ERA and hits 22 home runs in a year, is he the MVP every year? No. But you better believe if he's going out with a sub-3 ERA and on pace to hit uh, between 30 and 40 home runs, he's the MVP and it's not even close. Stop the argument. Stop the count. This guy, if all goes as it should, which I'm not saying it will, there will be people that vote for Aaron Judge this year, and he very well could win, but he shouldn't. The most valuable player in baseball and the most valuable player that we have ever seen is Shohei Otani over the course of the last year and a half. I tweeted this the other day. Another game, another dominant Shohei Otani start. I feel like people don't appreciate the pitcher he is enough. If he was just pitching, this run would be remarkable. But because he does both, people go to, well, let me tell you why he's not the MVP. Stop it and appreciate it. And I know that's what I do. That's the nature of this segment, is I am here to appreciate the player that Shohei Otani is, the person that Shohei Otani is, and what he is doing for the game of baseball. But before I wrap up here, a couple of fun things to tell you. First and foremost, Shohei Otani, when I was in Iowa at the Field of Dreams, where dreams go to come true, my best friend Shohei Otani followed me on Instagram. That's right. We now follow each other. He only follows 120-something people, and I am now one of them. Pretty big deal. I looked at my phone. I was running back over to the Field of Dreams. I was, like, getting ready to do a live segment, and I looked down, and it just said, Shohei Otani started following you. And I looked down, and I was like, wow, cool. And then I was like, wait, wait a second. What? And it was just the coolest moment of all time. How cool is that? But a couple of other cool points here, and this is where I have some really big news to share with you guys. First and foremost, something really cool for the majority of this year, for, for most of this year, Flippin' Bats has been the number one podcast in all of Japan, which is something that 
has really meant a lot to me. It's really cool for me. It's really cool for this entire production team here at Fox Sports. And I don't take that lightly. That's really cool. And I it, it makes me happy because I it gives me an understanding that people appreciate how much I talk about Shohei and how how much I enjoy talking about him, honestly. I give him the love that he deserves. So to be number one in Japan, the, my entire podcast, the number one baseball podcast, is really cool. And what I want to do now is announce my big news. And what, what's really cool here is on the heels of it still being the number one podcast all year is Flippin' Bats and myself are going to Japan. That's right. I'm going to Japan. I am leaving Thursday. And the goal here is to go over there to to see where it all began for Shohei, to go to where the town he lived in, to go to where he played high school ball, and, and really just to dive into the baseball culture in Japan. And I, I could not be looking forward to it more. This has been something that has been a long time coming. I wish I was able to get over there, and now I am. And that's a credit to, to everybody that listens, and it's a credit to Shohei for doing what Shohei does. And I know how much I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you you all are ready for this. I'm still going to be bringing you podcasts every day. We're just going to be doing them from Japan, and I'm going to be bringing you all along the journey with me. So thank you all for listening uh, and being a huge fan of this segment this week in Otani News for making it the number one baseball podcast in all of Japan. And I hope to see you guys in Japan. I'm going over there in just a couple of days. And I will certainly keep you all posted where I'm going to be, how it's going, and I hope to see you all soon. But that does it for this week in Shohei Otani News. All right, and moving on now, it is time to bring my friend and producer. Producer Taylor is out here to join me for a little take it or leave it, where I'm going to either take something or leave it. So, Taylor, one, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Doing well. The Tatis news has passed. Juan Soto, we trust. So we're moving along, but we'll make it alive. <laughs> tough. Tough tough to be a Padres fan right now, but you'll be fine. Yeah, so are you ready for some take it or leave it? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, we're starting out hot and juicy. Somebody that no one's talking about, Blake Snell, has been dealing of late. So, Blake Snell, back to his Cy Young form. Take it or leave it. You know what? I'm taking that. And and you're right. Not a lot of people have been talking about him, but Blake Snell since about the All-Star game, maybe a little bit before the All-Star game, has been dominant. And I don't think it's, you know, since he's come over from the Rays to the Padres, he hasn't been himself. He hasn't been the Blake Snell that we had all grown to to appreciate and love watching dominate with the Rays. That hadn't been him. But in his last five starts, five starts, not the smallest of sample sizes, 0.94 ERA, 0.91 whip, 28 and two-thirds innings, and 39 strikeouts to five walks in that span. In the second half, Blake Snell has been absolutely dominant. That's another dimension for the Padres that they really, really need. And, and come playoff time, they're going to need him. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that Blake Snell is, is in Cy Young form right now. 
Completely agree. Padres, we need that. If we're not going to have as good of an offense as we have, we'll take that arm all day. But moving along to the uh, AL MVP candidate race here, uh, Aaron Judge is going to break the Yankees' home run record. Are you taking it or leaving it? All right. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done this. I bought it last time when he was on pace for 62. And I'm going to take it now. Aaron Judge breaks the New York Yankees' home run record. I'm going to take it. The record is 61. Aaron Judge is on pace right now for about 63 or 64. It's it's remarkable what we're seeing right now. And um, I, I, I really do hope it happens. I hope he breaks Barry Bonds' record. Now, is that likely? No. But it is likely that he breaks Roger Maris's record of 61. He is on a roll these days, and he just hasn't seemed to slow down. And you know what? Every time he seems to slow down, and slow for him is like four days in a row that he doesn't hit a home run, on that fifth day, he's hitting like two in a game. And he's right back onto the pace he was before. So I'm going to take it. Aaron Judge breaks the all-time Yankees home run single-season record. I don't care who you are. 64 home runs is a boatload. But uh, moving on here to my dark horse team in the AL, sneaky, sneaky team. Mm. The Mariners have the best rotation in the AL. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I don't know what that laugh was. <laughs> um, I am going to... Leave it. I like the Mariners. I like them a lot. And I do believe what you say, that they are a sneaky team. But I'm going to leave it that they have the best rotation in the AL. There's a one that sticks out to me is the Astros. Um, Justin doing what Justin is doing. By the way, my brother won the MVP award in 2011 as a pitcher, one of the only pitchers in history to do that. He's having a better year this year than he was in 2011 when he won the MVP and Cy Young Award. That's how good he has been. The rest of the Astros rotation is no slouch. Framber Valdez has been really good. And you know what? Lance McCullers is back. And that just adds another dynamic as well. Had his first start on the mound last week. Zero, zero runs given up. Looked really good. If Lance can be the Lance that we saw before he went down, watch out. But so I, I'm going to leave it and say that the Astros right now have. Okay, let me let me think about this a, a quick more second. I'm taking the Astros over the Mariners, but do the Astros have the best rotation in the American League? Probably. Right, the Yankees were up there at the beginning of the year, but I, the, the Yankees don't have a better rotation than the Astros. I, I'm leaving it. I think the Astros have the best rotation in the American League. I agree. Uh, now moving on to one of the few remaining things from the old school way of baseball, the Yankees' facial hair policy. Are you taking it or leaving it, Taylor? I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm going to leave it. And by leave it, I mean that I hate it. I don't like it. And I don't understand it anymore. 
the year is 2022, and people can do what they want. And I don't care if you have this storied franchise. If a player comes in and wants to have a nice curly mustache, then let him have a nice curly mustache. I don't understand. I don't understand what we are doing here. I, I don't like it. I'm leaving it. We see Joey Gallo move on from the Yankees to the Dodgers, and Joey Gallo himself actually spoke about this issue. Let's toss it to that right now. You feel more relaxed now that you can grow the beard out? <laughs> it helps not having to shave all the time, for sure. Um, yeah, I, it, was, it, was, it was always tough to, to okay. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Um, all right, probably relax. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's just nice not having to shave all the time, for sure. But uh, I like having a beard usually, a little bit of facial hair at least. Joey Gallo moves from the Yankees to the Dodgers, and until Sunday, the Dodgers didn't lose a game with him on the team, and the Yankees had hardly won with him not on the team. Is Joey Gallo the curse or the blessing, whichever way you're looking at it? Probably not, but maybe the blessing was is the beard. Maybe Joey Gallo needs to have a beard for whatever team he's going to be on to be any good. That's not true either because the Rangers weren't very good. But I don't like the policy. Joey Gallo clearly doesn't like it, and I understand it. And it was, you know, a cool, unique thing that the Yankees did back in the day. But we got to come along with the times here, and the Yankees got to get rid of that. It has no place anymore. You, you can't you can't sit there and look I could go on a tangent about this I'm not gonna do it leave it I don't like the Yankees facial hair policy I agree now moving to something on the opposite spectrum of that something that we've seen, been seeing more recently of are these elaborate closer entrances so the question is closers should have an entrance song take it or leave it take it Give me all of it. I am taking it. Every closer should have an entrance song. And we're seeing it lately with Edwin Diaz and Narcos by Timmy Trumpet and Blaster Jackson. He comes out of the pen and trumpets start blaring. The crowd goes wild and everybody pretends to play a trumpet or a saxophone or a harmonica or whatever instrument they don't understand that they're playing. And then Mr. and Mrs. Matter on top of the dugout playing trumpets. I mean, it is a full-blown spectacle in Queens when Edwin Diaz walks out of the pen. And you know what? Nobody leaves. Nobody leaves because they want to see what they're about to see with Edwin Diaz coming in. I, it's, it's brilliant. If you're every team, why not give your closer a sick entrance and yes a song is a big part of that and the player picks the song but as a team you can do something cool for it the blue jays do a good job up in toronto with jordan romano's walkout you know i don't even i don't even know off the top of my head right now what his walkout song is but i know they turn out all the lights they start flashing these like red strobe lights and the place looks really cool but other than that there's not a ton of teams that do things for their closer. I want to see light shows. I want to see mascots doing stuff. I want to see fans on their feet in the stands 
celebrating their guy coming in. I want to see cool stuff like that because I think it helps the game of baseball. How many times over the course of the last month have we all seen that Edwin Diaz clip of him coming out? And now every single time he comes out, the Mets play the song. They have a cameraman on it right behind them. They change the coloring of it. It's a full-blown production now for his walkout song. And that is the way it should be. And for that reason, I am taking that every closer should have an entrance song. All right, Ben, that does it for this week's Take It or Leave It, but it's not a better segue for this week's Top 5. You're right. That is a really good segue into this this Tuesday episode Top 5, and this list is the Top 5 Closer Entrances of All Time. So let's get into it, and I want to start at number 5, with Jonathan Papelbon in Boston with the Red Sox shipping up to Boston was electric. The dropkick Murphys. Um, how sick was that? We, we all remember, you know, Jonathan Papelbon when he was in Boston was one of the most dominant lights out closers, which obviously helps this segment. You know, you got to be lights out when you come into a sick walkout song. He had it all. You're in Boston. Dropkick Murphy shipping up to Boston, comes in, closes the door, gives us all the energy. It was great. Papelbon is here at number five. Let's move on to number four. I have Eric Gagne of the Los Angeles Dodgers coming out to welcome to the jungle. Game over in the background on the board. It was sick. He was perfect that year. He's one of the best closers that year that we have ever seen. Um, I could go down a tangent there, but that year he was really good, and so was his walkout. It is certainly all time. You know, I didn't get to experience this one in person, but I certainly saw it on TV. The lights flashing, game over, welcome to the jungle. It was sick, and he was filthy. And Eric Gagne is on this list at number four. Let's move on to number three. At number three, I have the guy that is second all-time in saves at 601, Trevor Hoffman, coming out to Hell's Bells. Um, this one, Look, this one's iconic. It's really good. Trevor Hoffman is one of the greatest to ever do it, and Hell's Bells is one of the greatest to come out to as well. Uh, we all know him from the Padres and coming out to Hell's Bells, but he did it other locations as well, the Brewers. But... Look, when you think all-time entrances, when you think guys coming out that is, oh, no, it's game over, a sick song, there's nothing. This one is, I could get chills every time I watch it. The bells, I mean, it just, uh, it's, it's, it's perfect. Let's move on to number two. And number two on this list, all-time closer entrances. I have Edwin Diaz. I hear you. I love this one. Blaster Jacks, Timmy Trumpets, Narcos. It is unbelievable. The Mets have this full production going right now. They have the cameraman follow them out. Now they even have the black and white going. And the second the beat drops, they change it to color. The crowd goes nuts. Mr. and Mrs. Met on the dugout. Fans in the stands playing a plethora of different instruments, might I add. One thing that I've learned from trumpets being played 
when Edwin Diaz comes out is that 50% of America has no idea how to play a trumpet because we're all over the place there. We have saxophones. We have we have harmonicas. I swear we even see some guitars. But at the end of the day, the trumpets are sick. Edwin Diaz is on pace to break the all-time K per nine record, which was set by Aroldis Chapman. It was at 17.7 is the current record. Nobody else has ever broken 17. Edwin Diaz is at 17.9 strikeouts per nine innings. He's nasty. The walkout is incredible. The entrance is perfect. I get chills every time I watch it. I watch Mets games at the end of games every single time just to hopefully see that. And that is what baseball needs. It needs these sick entrances. And Edwin Diaz is certainly the best in baseball now. And I truly believe it is one of the better ones in baseball history. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. But let's move on to number one. This one should come as no surprise. It is the greatest closer of all time and the greatest entrance of all time. Mariano Rivera, enter Sandman. Best closer, best pitch of all time, best entrance. 652 career saves, the best all time. The next closest is Trevor Hoffman at 601, and the next closest to that isn't even close. The next closest is over 100 away. Mariano Rivera, enter Sandman. It is iconic. You knew the game was over. The place would go nuts. And there's never been, you know, you hear the saying, or you, you hear like, man, that guy comes in the game. It's game over. That was literally true with Mariano Rivera. He is the best we've ever seen in the ninth inning. And his walkout was the greatest that we have ever seen as well. And he rounds out my top five closer entrances of all time. That full list, Mariano Rivera at one, Edwin Diaz at two, Trevor Hoffman at three, Eric Gagne at four, and Jonathan Papelbon shipping up to Boston is at number five. But my friends, that does it for this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. This one has been a lot of fun. I am going to Japan, and I could not be more excited. This has been a long time coming. I am so pumped, and I hope you all are as well, because I'm going to still be bringing the content every single day, bringing you along the journey, so I hope you all are ready. This does it for the Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you're liked, subscribe, anywhere you listen to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere. Also, all social media, at Flippin' Bats Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode as well on YouTube, at Flippin' Bats Pod as well. Thank you all for listening. This one has been a lot of fun. I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flipping Bats. Peace.